Welcome to another episode of Mind the Shift. This is a podcast where we talk about shifting minds in a shifting world. And my guest today is a person who has made some dramatic shifts in his own world, in his life. And he has probably contributed to a shifting world as well. Daniel Mendoza is an entrepreneur, writer, communicator, coach, and a father of two. Yes. And... Uh, is based in the city of Västerås in Sweden. Västerås, yes. So uh, a warm welcome, Daniel. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. It's nice to be here. So there are so many ends to begin with in, in your story here. And I was thinking of beginning uh, with uh, the, the one end that probably most people, those who do know about you, mm. would probably make a connection to this. And this is also why I got curious in the first place. Uh, being a former journalist as I am, namely uh, your your magazine, your positive news magazine, which is called Good News mm-hmm. Magazine, and we can we can just show it to the to the video audience here, the f- uh, future YouTube <laughs> audience. <laughs> uh, we have a couple of copies here, but it's now not available. I think on paper, it's only it's only on online. Um, so I, I just. I want to first um, ask you good news why why this why this uh, why this name and why why this project well the name was given to me by um, CFO of one of the largest business in publishing in Sweden uh, 2005 when I told him the idea that I had to start a magazine mm-hmm. to uplift the positive things happening in the world uh, so he said to me well You're gonna go international with this. It has to be good news magazine. Okay. And I was thinking something else, but he said to me, "No, you know, Daniel, people have to understand. As soon as they look at the cover of the magazine, they have to understand what it stands for. Good news." What What was your your original title that you were thinking of? I re- I really don't remember. This okay. was in two. I, the idea came to me when I was studying at the School of Economics in Stockholm in '99, and then in 2005, I really started to writing down ideas that I had and how I wanted the magazine to, to look. Yeah. Uh, so I really don't remember the name, but it wasn't it was not good news magazine. Um but he gave me the idea and the and the name. Yeah. Why I wanted to do this is because most of my life is especially in childhood, um one of the reasons that I that I say survive is my focus on that tomorrow will be a better day. Mm-hmm. And try to wherever I try to survive abuse, for example, in the family. Uh, I always look. Tomorrow will be a better day. So stay focused. Don't forget that tomorrow will be a better day. Uh, and in a young age, I realized that I need to feed myself with positive things, or else I will choose another more dark way. So I run. I think when I was 12 years old, I got this fixed idea in my head that I I need to to feed myself with positive things and try to see good examples in the world and the community where I was living in society. So around that age, and mm. then it, it took me a while to to make a magazine out of it. Yeah, but did, did you also think or did you see that other people around you also seemed to need to have this need to, to, to hear about good things? Or was it just something within you? Or, I mean, did you talk about 
these things with other people and did you get a good uh, positive reaction at first or did they think that oh that's a naive idea that's just gullible you know you can't just talk about good things what, yeah, what, well, what was the yeah. reaction no, the question in the beginning it was my journey it was my way of trying to to survive to heal and not to to have a negative mind and pers- so the, in the beginning of the first 20 years I didn't tell nobody that I was trying to, to live this way yeah. uh, but I also didn't tell people about my history of my past I was things that happened to me when I, I got the idea of a magazine in 99 it was on my way to to Stockholm by train and I was starting to listen to people and how they communicate things they say to each other and what they share with each other and what I realized was that most of it was about bad things, mm. mystery, problems in the world, mm. um, mistrust. And I realized that this is a dangerous path to walk for us, especially with the problems we have in the world. Mm. Uh, so in 99, I was really thinking, no, I need to do something about it, not only for myself, but for others. Uh, and most because it helped me. So in 99, I started thinking, I, I need to do something. I told my wife, she girlfriend then, I told her that, listen, I, we have to do something because the things I'm hearing every day is dangerous. This is dangerous for society. Uh, in the beginning, the first thing was not a magazine. It was, uh, I was thinking, if I can do something five seconds mm-hmm. each day for a person, something mm-hmm. good, yeah. make them laugh and make them be happy. So... The first thing was a positive magazine, a positive news, a good news. It was more just to make them happy five seconds. That's enough. Yeah. And if I can do that and somebody else do that for them too, then we have two people doing that, mm-hmm. and maybe three and maybe four. Um, but then I started to, to see what people were putting in their minds, in their head, what they were reading, magazine, newspapers uh, in Stockholm. And most of it was bad news. Mm. And I said, no, they, they need something else. They, they need a balance in their head, in their brain. So I said to my wife, listen, I want to start a magazine with mm. positive news. Mm. And that was in 89. Then in 2000, I became a stockbroker for one of the Swedish, Swedish largest bank. Uh, and so the idea was lay under the pillow for a while. In 2005, my wife said to me, listen, you're going to be a dad. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, w- I didn't want it to be a dad. That was not good news for no, you. No, <laughs> there was no, really, no, it was not good news. Uh, not at all, because no. I, one of the things in my life was I never wanted to become a father. Mm. I didn't want to have kids at all. Mm. Uh, because of my, my childhood, and I have some similarities to my, to my own father, and I was thinking that if I have a, well, if I'm somehow like him in some way, then I will be a dangerous person to have a child around. Uh, so I said, no, no child in my life. But then 2005, you're going to be a father. Be a father <laughs> yeah, you're so going to be a father. Just... And, and then I realized, no, all right. So if I'm going to be a father, I don't want to make the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. And I need to work harder on who I am, who I wanted to be, my values, yeah. or what I'm going to give to this child. And, and then I realized, you know, I need to do this for society mm-hmm. with a magazine, with positive news. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it, in 2005 it began, and then in 2010 I left uh, the banking, my work, and uh, started the magazine, Good News Magazine. I had no, really no, i never done something like that before. I had very little money, no idea, no knowledge, no experience at all. I, uh, the only thing for me was 
we need this in society. Yeah. We, we need to focus on the positive. Did you have anyone investing in the project? No, 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 no. no. Was my was my own. Everything okay. was my yeah. own. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, but during that that time, it was still possible to start uh, a magazine and print it in on paper. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's it's difficult now. I think it's. But yeah, well, maybe it is. I don't know. I, I never look at things. Yeah, difficult, yes, but not impossible. Not impossible. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. But so you do most things online, of course. These yeah, days. but I I have a friend of mine. Um, was working with magazine, especially in Stockholm, who I met some lunches like a couple of times mm. and tried to understand as much as possible about how it is to be a publisher and how it is to, to put a magazine on the market. And he learned me a few things, but he said to me once, or I asked him in a lunch, I said, hey, listen, his name was also Daniel. I said, yeah. listen, Daniel, can, can you steal this idea from me? And he starts to laugh and he says, yes, I can. <laughs> and he said to me, listen, Daniel, I have the money, I have the experience, I have all the knowledge, I have all the network I need, contacts and everything. So, yes, give me three, four weeks, then I can do this. Okay. And I was, <laughs> yeah, I felt a little bit, oh, damn, I shouldn't do that. Yeah. But then he said to me, but you know why, he said, I will probably one day, if I start this magazine by myself, end up in the TV and you know, Swedish television. Okay. And they will ask me the question, why yeah. did you do this? Yeah. Why did you create this you magazine? You need to have a ready answer. Yeah, and he said to me, the day I get that question, I will fall. But you won't, because mm. this is who you are. This mm. is who you always mm. have been. So for you, you will always have an answer to why you're doing this. That's true. Uh, perfect. Uh, then I met um, in 2009, uh, producer, magazine Swedish producer, uh, and she said to me, we want to do this with you, this magazine, but we want your story in it from the beginning. And I said, never, because I don't want to talk about me. The magazine is about other people. And mm. uh, I said, yes, Daniel, you know, but you have, we have to have you in the magazine because this is your soul. Mm. And I said, my, my soul, how do you mean? And she said to me, well, listen, we are number one mm. in the Nordic country producer magazines. But we, we are doing products. Mm. There is no soul in our products. Okay. And this product, you have some a, a, a soul. She says soul. Yeah. And, and that's something that nobody can take it away from you. That That's your, your competition, what will make you succeed. Yes, yes. And I said, well, so... Less. So you accepted that? You yeah, but I didn't put my... No, but yeah, but I, it, it a, was... A little bit cringy, cringeworthy. Yeah, but I didn't put my my story until 2013, I think it was, mm. that I realized that. In what form was it? Like you, you there was a there was a an article about you and yeah, your article, life history. Yeah, mm. article about me in the magazine, mm. and it was after some people many said to me, "You're naive. You don't see how the world is, and and you not, don't understand the problems." Mm. And I I realized in the end that I, I maybe need to tell people my history. Mm to make them understand what I'm doing this. Yes. Uh, because I'm not saying to, to people that we don't have to, that we have to be blind for the problems there are in the world. My focus was to be able to solve the problems we have. Mm. We need another way, another focus mm. on how we see things. Okay, so let's talk a little bit more about the reasons why one should uh, publish uh, more positive news. Uh, it's interesting because these the time frame that you're talking about actually coincides a little bit with 
the period where when I wrote this book of mine, The Cozy Darkness of the Apocalypse, as uh, we were talking yeah. about before the interview. Oh, here. I want to read that uh, one. Yeah, it's 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 not only about the, the media and the negativity bias, but it has a lot of focus on that. Yeah. And but it's it's generally about uh, the human propensity to look for bad to to look for dangers everywhere. Yeah. You know, the old lizard brain yeah. fooling us, tricking us. So that's the the main thing. But it was also around that time, you know, 2008, 2009. I wrote it in 2008 and I, it was published in 2009. And then I remember when I got back to Dagens Nyheter where I was working, the newspaper where I was working, um, not long after I came back, I ran into your magazine actually. Mm. Or maybe some person tipped me because, I mean, you're, they, they, they said, you're writing about these things, sure. positive news, positive news. Look at this, look at this good news magazine thing. Just fresh uh, coming out here, so I was I was intrigued, but I had this uh, you know my my take on this <laughs> has always been because I, I was I was always a bit annoyed with my employer uh, when they wanted to have these good these positive pieces of news as uh, uh, as a part of the mix so to yeah. speak almost as an alibi mm. for telling the true yeah. story about the world which is misery. But then people get, you know, they get depressed, so we need a little bit of positive news. And yeah. I was really annoyed with that, because in my worldview, mm. what the, the media is telling, especially the news media, is not the reality. No. It's just, that that's those are the snippets of the reality that they pick out because they are dramatic and they are conflict-ridden and the, you can make big headlines out of it. Yeah. You know, you can wake up an editor in the middle of the night and can make, uh, in, in her sleep, she can make a headline on, a, on something that happens that is bad and rapid, yeah. but a slow improvement is completely impossible to make a headline of, out of. So that's what that's. So I was a little bit skeptical <laughs> towards. Why does he do this? I mean, what what is this? Is it just to, to to? I don't know. Is it to tell the the story about the world in with other words or with another filter, or is it just uh, picking up good stories? So what's what's it's, your take on this? Feel, no, but for me it's very simple. And I think there are two ways of looking at something, especially if you're thinking about news and media. Is you can one way you can see less there are positive things happen, but less focus on the problems. And the other way you can say there are problems, let's focus on the solutions. Mm. In in I'm not a journalist, but I, in my way of writing, I, I said to many of the journalists I work with. When they came back to me and said, well, how, listen, Danny, I, I, I always focus on the negative when I'm working as a journalist, and it's difficult for me to drop that because that's in my DNA mm. or whatever. And I said, but you don't have to drop it. You, you can take the first, the beginning of the, of the article you write them for me, mm. and, and you can tell, let's say the, you're writing about the species, species, whatever in the world, um, there is declining, or, and, and you start by saying, these are the problems. Mm. These are the problems mm. this species is facing. And mm. uh, this is how close it's, it's become to become extinct, mm. for example. Write that. Don't mm. lie to, to our readers. But then, the other half, you say to the reader, now, let us l look at the solutions. Mm. Let's see where in the world who has faced the same problems, the same obstacles, and have come with the solutions or, or have made Im improvement for a species, for example. So 
for me, it's just a, another way of focusing on, on things. We're still saying the same thing. Yeah. There is a problem, and, and it's really, there is danger. There is, but, all right, now we conclude that. Mm. So let's look at the other side of this. What can we do? Who is doing it? How are they doing? What can we learn from them? And, and for me, if the media took a second just to think, all right, but this is really the same thing. Just with the, we turn it around. Yeah. And what we say to a reader, when reader today, from, from, as I see it, for example, when a, a child reads a, mag, a newspaper, the news leaves them without hope, mm -hmm. without inspiration. I agree. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But in this, everybody would agree with mm -hmm. this. Uh, so what if we could leave every child, every human with a sense that there is a possibility that we can solve this? We still tell them how big the problem is, how dark it is, mm. but we leave them with the sense that maybe I can contribute mm. to make to this solution. Mm. I see that there are people, maybe I can help them mm. with this. Maybe I can tell my friend, hey, listen, this is how dark it is, but these people have this solution in this city, in this country, in this town, this organization is doing, because that's what the article is telling me, mm. that don't give up. Yeah. Uh, and if, I don't see why media wouldn't take that approach, really. And especially, I don't see why journalists don't take that approach. Mm. Uh, because still telling the same story. It sounds a little, little bit or very much like uh, the so-called constructive journalism that is mm. growing now. You know about Ulrik Hagerup, yeah. the Danish editor who started this uh, constructive institute? Yeah, I know. And I read a, an article about him in a, in a British newspaper, I think it was The Guardian or the BBC mm. wrote something uh, yeah. about it. Long time, this is more than 10 years ago. 10 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, but he's he's only been doing this for a couple of years, three, four years maybe. Well, that's... I had him on the podcast actually. Yeah. So uh, that's that's kind of interesting because he's also talking about these, this uh, approach that you should look for the solutions and be constructive yeah. and not destructive, which is to look for the misery all the time. Uh, I, I was looking at the, uh, at the web site uh good news magazine website it's not on paper now but it's still on the website and a lot of the um the latest stories there mm. were about you like the example that you just mentioned here uh the environment and species and things like that yeah. it seems like there's a lot of focus on on <laughs> nature and the environment is that what is that correct or is, was it just a coincidence that i ran into those stories no it's, it's correct and it's hard I, I I'm doing this by myself, and it's hard to find articles to share. For example, they have this focus in the end on the positive. Mm -hmm. What can we do? Uh, when you talk about human rights, for example, if you go into Human Rights Watch or Amnesty, you won't find many positive things, and uh, because this organization also lives on contributions. So they need yeah. to tell uh, Red Cross, for example, UNICEF, they need to tell the world how bad it is and it's getting darker and darker and darker. Please give us yes. more more yes. help. And of course, so so it's hard for me doing this by myself to find articles to translate or to share. And the, the, the ones there are of animal rights, for example. Mm -hmm. um, or like you, you mentioned the, the site Monga Bay a couple of times. Yeah. And this is that's an interesting site because they don't seem to be 
to live on uh, contributions from people who want to save the world. I don't know how they make their money actually, but they're actually pretty neutral. Yeah, they uh, tell and large. things uh, and and large, uh-huh. and they they take in articles from different parts of the world. Yeah. And they they, uh, they have uh, guest writers and all that. So if I I mean, if the uh, for instance. Um, the cutting down of the of the of the the rainforest is is declining they yeah. will write that and yeah. they, they will have a big, a big big headline about that yeah. so it's but been the, declining for for 5 years and uh, that's a good that's a good thing so you, the, you get it neutrally the the problem with when it comes to good news or positive news is to avoid to be naive mm-hmm. uh, and that's what's naive <sighs> for me i i need the articles to show that the the pr- the problem the size of the problem the magnitude of the problem we have uh, but also not to how can i put it in, in english i now now i wish i, <laughs> I wish i hadn't dropped out school <laughs> no but but you're doing excellent yeah but the thing is that we many of the articles that i found when it comes to the environment or um, human rights animals right they sometimes lack the bigger picture mm. so so they see a, a solution or something positive that is happening but they they don't grasp how is this in, in the long run is this a good thing mm-hmm. or is it something that is happening right now and when i share an article for example when we had on uh, gunnis magazine on facebook for we had over 19000 followers uh, i need i needed to avoid uh, the negative comments mm. so So I could write something like, "Well, I know this is just a small step. Mm. That's what's important. Just a small mm. step, but it's still a small positive step in the right direction. Mm. And we need to highlight. We need to cherish that. And uh, to say to to the people that are negative that, hey, listen, I'm not blind. Mm. I I know there is a problem, but we have to try to embrace this mm. and see this is the right direction we're walking. If we then succeed or not, I I don't know, but we are on a way somewhere positive uh, but you know it sounds like it, it, don't it, uh, get me wrong here but that you are still somehow buying into the narrative of the world being a terrible place but we have to find the little positive things i think it's the other way around i think the world is mostly a pretty nice place people are nice to each other yeah. people are friendly very seldom dangerous things happen in our lives and then there are some instances and some some detailed uh, brief, small places around the world where, where there are terrible things happening yeah. and the media is describing only those only those yeah. not the 99.99% of the world that's going fine mm-hmm. all the time if you see my, my yeah, point yeah yeah your, your so point is correct so why should you be why should you be afraid of being called naive and gullible mm-hmm. i think it takes courage to 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 you know Accept that people will call you naive, but you know that you're right and they're wrong. Yeah, but I because think, they're stuck in the the narrative. Yeah, I, I, I understand the and it's a good question. The thing is that let's say that I want you, if I, just to give an example to, to understand my how I see this, if I want to work uh, with banks, for example, and I want to have a meeting with people at high levels, mm. I won't come out to them dress in uh, in t-shirt. And uh, with Guns and Roses on, and, and, <laughs> okay, and, and, and I see so, where you're going. <laughs> yes, yeah, so 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 for me, it's important because people want to attack, attack what they're afraid of, what they don't understand. Yeah. They often attack without knowledge, 
and this is the media today, social media. Mm. They hear something, they grab something from somebody mm. and they throw it out mm. and make this that, that true up some way. So what I needed to do from the beginning was to not forget the, the state of mind of mm. most of the people. Mm. And you said a few minutes ago, we are afraid. We, we have this old way of seeing fear, for example, and things. Yeah, yeah. So when I was creating the magazine, I knew that, especially in the media, if I put good news, mm. people will say, you're naive. Mm. Or you're spiritual or you're religious or something mm. like that. And mm. if I have long hair and beard and everything, mm. well, then I contribute to the picture they mm. have. Mm. So I, I, um, I wasn't... Um, but that's that's actually their problem. Yeah, it is their problem. But if it's I, not your problem, no, no. But it, it's not my problem how their state of mind is not my problem. But if I want to reach them with a message, mm. I need to. Uh, I give another example. I, I employed a, a man. He was a Nazi, uh, a really, really a person that hate everybody and everything. Uh, I worked with him for two years. It took me two years to learn to know, to get close to him. Mm. Two years where he insults me almost every time we oh, met. Oh, really? Yeah. And, it, it and you employed him still? Yeah. But this is the thing. I knew why he behaved like he did. Yeah. I knew there was a reason behind everything. Yeah, yeah. And, I, and I said to myself, this guy needs trust. Mm-hmm. He needs for me to stand and take everything... It comes, he throws at me, yeah. uh, everything he tests me on. And he did. He, he called me for a lot of things. He was a racist, and I'm from South America, and he ha- hated Latin guys. He said, yeah. Oh, yeah. You, the, the first thing he said to me, Oh, you're a Latin guy. And then he started to do jokes, racist jokes about Latin guys. So, but the Nazis fled to South America. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, <laughs> sorry, more of them. Yeah, sorry. but they did, many yeah, of them. Yeah. No, but here's the thing. So, of course, if I wanted to convince him that I'm that this is good for you, this is good for your children, mm. that I needed to start by listening to him, by trying to understand him, and I needed to f- make him feel comfortable about me, I wasn't going to point with my whole hands. Hey, you, what you thinking is wrong. What you're doing is wrong. The way you are is mm. wrong. I, for me, it wasn't wrong. It was his way of mm. trying to survive mm. in this world. It took him two years. After two years, one day he came to me and said, listen, Daniel, you know your magazine? I have friends. They are more hate. They have more hate in, the, in, in what I have, mm. uh, more on the wrong side of everything. Mm. And I'm pretty sure that they will read Good News magazine and find something good in it. Oh, that was big. That was big. That's a big moment. Yeah, it was really And, and it was incredible. For me, it was an incredible moment. But But... This is the thing that, of course, we can say it's their problem, but they are part of society. Mm. It's an impressive story. I like it. I like yeah. it a lot. And it's really impressive that you did this. He said to me that he hated me. I said, but you hate everybody. I said, no, listen, I really hate you. <laughs> you are really hate. Okay. Said, yeah, thank you. Well, my God. Yeah, well, you have a point there. There's good good reasoning there, good, good arguments. But I still think that that the media, the traditional mainstream news media is depicting the world in the wrong way because they are focusing on the negative and even even in these uh, kinds of issues that you probably think are big problems because most people do. Mm. Take, for instance, uh, like you, we've been talking about the environment. There are a lot of side issues in within the environment yeah. uh, context. 
we have the climate change of course and we have uh species extinction and things like that it's i i happen to be <laughs> fairly knowledgeable about those things i've read a lot about it and i've written a lot of articles about it so i've, mm. I've d- delved into the the matter and i can see that the ordinary mainstream articles aren't telling the whole truth and when i say that i mean that they are telling mostly the bad things mm-hmm. of the truth so there there are more to it than just saying that everything's going down the drain because it isn't it isn't that simple mm-hmm. it's a problem but you can depict the problem in a less problematic way you can you can actually even when it comes to climate change which is which is i think most people wouldn't dare to go that go there because they don't know enough about it yeah. they just decide to trust all the experts that are saying that it's terrible and all the politicians saying that it's terrible and they have these examples of this and that this and that and i can hear sometimes that politicians are wrong they they're they're actually saying the wrong thing yeah, it isn't like that i know that yeah. they're wrong doesn't doesn't matter it doesn't matter they can they can get away with saying these mm. things because everyone just uh, takes it for granted that this is this is what, how it is but i can i can tell you that that they're they're often saying the wrong thing and you can you can say it to a person like uh, you know the former swedish uh, minister of uh, environment or climate or uh, like uh, Anders Wikman or <laughs> whatever yeah. that uh, you can you can you can uh, you know tell them a hundred times that um, the number of uh, weather extremes isn't increasing mm-hmm. for example it it's even going down and the number of storms is going down mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. They will yeah. still continue saying these things, and people will believe them. So you can depict the world in actually even within the problem framework. Yeah. You can you can tell things differently. Yeah, of course you can. Uh, you can always. I mean, uh, th- that's why I, I hire a, a guy who was an asset because. And some my son said to me, "Hey, Dad, if there was such a party, would you vote for them, or would you vote for the one, the, the their enemies?" <laughs> and I say. I can vote for everybody yeah. because everybody has some part of truth in mm-hmm. that I can say well I understand you mm-hmm. why you're doing this or why why you thinking like that uh, but I don't see I don't know why people think that because you're a politician or because you're a journalist or because you're whatever you are that you know how the world really is exactly, working exactly. we have this you only have to trust yourself you have to go yeah, to yourself yeah you have to your trust yourself but, but but also you have to be a little bit careful that not if you go to a doctor oh he's a doctor he, sh- he should know or if you go to a police officer oh he's a police he should know or mm-hmm. if you listen to a journalist oh he writes some he, he should know they're just human they're just human and and with with a small time to to learn yeah. what they're talking about yeah. so of course you and and if you want to find in this world experts or people call the experts yeah. that think the opposite to someone else yeah. you will find them yeah. Th- that's that's not a problem the problem is as i see is this large picture that we think that magazines or newspapers that we don't understand that there is a business behind this mm. and like i wrote to you in an email that where mm. i met this cfo for one of the largest uh, publishing businesses in, in europe and he said to me Daniel, at my level, we don't give a well. I, we don't give a, an, F. A, an F about what's written in our magazines. We only look at the numbers. Mm. That's really telling. Yeah, but I met those people at mm. that level that said the same thing to me, especially when I was working as a stockbroker, and, and I know that's the truth. They look at the numbers. Mm. 
nothing else. Mm. So in that they forget the responsibility. The problem we we have as society is that we forget the person sitting on top. Mm. We look at the journalists, and of course the journalists want to write as much as they can, show the truth, you know, dig everything. I know that, but they are not the one making the calls in the end of the day. It's mm-hmm. somebody else. Mm. We and somebody else depends on how are our numbers. Yeah. Well, I can tell I I've, I've been I've been in there. I've been working as a journalist at a big newspaper for over 20 years. So, it's there's some truth to what you're saying. But of course, when I was was one of those, I wouldn't uh, probably uh, accept the uh, the notion that I was completely controlled by the by the mm. top dogs, but there is some truth to it because I mean there was there were there were occasions where I had ideas yeah. about what to write. And then I got a very diffuse answer. Well, that's interesting. We'll see what we'll do about that. And then a week after they said, no, we shouldn't do that. And I I could hear that there was something controversial about it or something, you know, that made them... But you said it right. When you say, when I was working in it, Mm -hmm. if you you ask a person working at the zoo, let's say that you love animals and you want animals to be free, and you ask somebody working in a zoo, Mm -hmm. do you agree with me? We, We should let all animals out. No, because <laughs> then you say to a journalist, or if you say to a politician, listen, um, a doctor that, mm. that tells you to use more drugs, for example, mm. instead mm. of go out and running and eat better food. Of course, when you're in it, you do what most people do: mm-hmm. defend. Mm. If you work as a soul, if you work in an army, for mm. example, and someone comes and say to you, hey, listen, shouldn't we stop making weapons? Yeah, yeah. The person will say to you, hey, but these weapons are not for killing people. Mm. They are for keeping peace. Yes, yes. Yeah, I get your point. Yeah, well, I, I still wouldn't say that I was completely controlled, but but I mean, it's easier for me now to talk about these things. That th- th- There is something within, it's uh, like we say in Swedish, it's, it's in the walls, you know? Mm. It's in the walls. N- nobody says it uh, out loud that we shouldn't write about these and these things. And it of, of course, it depends on who is... Who is uh, chief edi- editor and and boss and all that uh, to some extent yeah. but then the journalists are to some extent also independent and some uh, t- take a fight with yeah. the bosses and they get angry yeah I, 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 that's and, part of the that's yeah that's thing. part of the whole story so i mean it's 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 not it's complicated but there is some truth to what yeah. you're saying yes absolutely uh, i i met a woman see one of the top in swedish one of the largest swedish bank uh, she worked there for four years head of um, human resources uh, and she said to me after four years she dropped out and she, she ended the work and i said why and she said hey daniel i don't want to talk about this mm-hmm. because everybody told me four years ago don't go there mm-hmm. you will not you can't change that system but i thought that yes i can i can change people working in the in the banking i can make them understand that there is a human behind the numbers we, we have to focus on the human here uh, and i said to her, yes that's why i wrote an article about you because you have this way of thinking and you're working in a bank mm-hmm. after four years she said to me i don't want to talk about it because i really thought that i could change mm-hmm. but then i realized these people make me believe that i could change mm-hmm. But they were not. They were not in for the change. They weren't willing to do it. No. Uh, is she still there? Or no, no, no. She's she, out of it. Four years she dropped out. So maybe she can yeah. talk about it now. Yeah, maybe I can give you her yeah. name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> maybe you because found I mean that's that's a really interesting story. The whole banking system and the money system and all what's going on there. It's also uh, it's a, it's a, you know 
the CFO uh, really what I will give you his name later mm. uh, for one of the largest in Sweden of Yeah, yeah, no, but he said to me that in 2005, he said to me, listen, you think that the media can control the bank or they can write articles about the bank? Because I, I said to him, listen, I'm working in a bank. I see things that we do mm. to make money. And, and it's really annoying because this is breaking the law. I, I, and I've seen it. How it how it's done. Mm-hmm. I was working with three different banks in ten years, uh, but in 2005, 2006, he said to me, Daniel, we know, but it's, they're untouchable. Okay. Because this we are sitting at the same table somehow. Yeah. Mm. It's the ma- matrix. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, no, I don't. I think it's it's politics and yeah, but it's intertwined also. The media, the government, and the banks and the the authorities. It's all intertwined. Yeah, of it's, course it is. They're together, so it's very difficult to to break it up, to break it. You know, to uh, change think, it. And the thing, the the way to break it up, if you want to break it up, is for me to. Oh, you do it from the inside, mm-hmm. or you just. Try to live another life. Yes, and see, and uh, and my, if half the population lives an, a, a different life, then it will break up uh, so, automatically. Or a small, or a small group. There is yeah. that can show can be inspiration for for mm. others. Uh, of course, so, so I you can so, so start with yourself. And that's that's why when I wrote to you about this your podcast, that I said usually I say no to people because my way of seeing the world my way of understanding life in the world is mine I, I do my books and if people want to buy them and love them perfect but my idea if someone thinks something else mm. do it fine I I can uh, resonate with that yeah. that sounds really good Daniel you've been talking about your life in banking and your books so now let's Let's uh, back up a little bit here. So you and and go back to your childhood, all, all really, because you were born in Uruguay. Yeah, and your early years were tough, I understand. Uh, and you and also as a young adult, perhaps you 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 made a couple of sharp U-turns there. So t- yeah. t- tell us about the story. You <laughs> you came to Sweden as refugees. As refugees, and uh, we our plane landed in two thousand eighty-one. Forty years this summer. Yeah. Do I look Swedish? <laughs> no, yeah, more or less, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> See, no, uh, I was born in '72, and um, my parents were poor and working in the countryside in Uruguay. So Uruguay is a small country, mm-hmm. uh, how much three million inhabitants. Uh, somebody in Mallorca did a joke uh, a few months ago, and he was from from Uruguay, and he said to me, "Isn't it strange? There's always been three million inhabitants in Uruguay." 20 years ago, yes, how, how many? Yeah, always, <laughs> always, always three million. Oh, yeah, always three million. 40 years ago, three million. Yeah. It feels like three million and one, and they kicked him out. <laughs> <laughs> If you cannot play for soccer, for the, the now. <laughs> that's so, why you had to leave. Yeah, you were three million and, and one. And, and no, the, uh, <laughs> the uh, problems in the 70s were probably in the whole uh, uh, South America, Latin America. So my father, where I know, he ran, ran, escaped to. Paraguay mm. when I was five, six years old. Uh, I don't know why he did that, but a few months later, my mother one night said, hey, listen, kids, we were six six kids. Say, children, pick up your things. The most necessary, we're leaving. We're taking a bus over to Paraguay this night, right? Uh, we were there for one and a half year, I think. Um, 
a lot of problems outside home. And then one night they say, we need to leave. We, we, by night, we need to go to Brazil. And we ended up in a church in Rio de Janeiro. And I think we were in, in Brazil for six months, something like that. Um, How old were you, were you then? Eight okay. years old, eight, okay. nine years old. Were you older. older brother? No, I have three older sisters and uh, four younger ones. Okay. At the moment, three younger ones. So from Brazil, they said, no, listen, this is uh, South America for you is dangerous. You need to leave. So we are we're taking you to France, I think it was. Because uh, I remember two weeks before, we, we started to, they started to teach us French. It was mm -hmm. so I, I could, I, today I can see myself living in France. <laughs> so it would have been funny. Yeah. Uh, but two weeks after, they said, no, listen, you're going to Sweden, north of Europe. So you were just briefly in France? Yeah, briefly. And, uh, and, and ended up in Sweden with my family. That was how we moved as mm. refugees. Uh, my problem was that my family, my, my parents were extremely violent. And especially my father, he... Towards you? Sisters? Towards everything. Okay. He, he had a way of solving problems was with the fist. Mm. Uh, so for him, violence was almost a solution and had problems drinking, both of them. So before I was 12 years old, I was abused in most ways you can think of, mm. especially my 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 sisters and oh, well, mm. um, in my family. Um This is the first time I talk about this in, in English that I, that I remember. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. think it's well, it's. well, by the end of 12, take, I. Take your time. Yeah, it's a difficult my, thing to talk when about. When I was here. 12 years, I was more or less living by myself, uh, spending nights at friends or if a sister, an apartment or whatever I could. Um, my parents divorced when I was 11. And I remember till, that, till today that this was one of the best moment in my life mm -hmm. when they said we're gonna divorce and i know i went outside the house uh, and, and felt happiness but really the first okay. time i could feel what, what did you think uh, about that did you think that i remember was going to be solved now all no the yeah because i remember the words i said to myself walking from the house and smiling i said at last it's mm -hmm. over okay uh, until that day what i felt in the because of the violence and the abuse and then the mental abuse, I felt unsecure, mm. uh, afraid, of course. Of course. Uh, and this was my, my first 12 years was kind of violence. But you were in Sweden then? You were nine when you came to yeah, Sweden? Yeah, nine and a half when, yeah. uh, when mm. I came to Sweden. Uh, but what happened when I was 12 years old, that, that you say this thing that changed course was that I ended up one night I was sitting in a, well, somewhere I know, in the same city where I'm living today uh, and I was sitting alone and a gang five six guys came up to me one of them wanted to fight with me uh, and I was really I didn't like to I was not then not now I didn't like to fight I was afraid but I was more afraid for, from backing Mm -hmm. So I say, well, I let's go. I said to all of them by myself, and I was thinking it's better to face the problem now, mm -hmm. and to get beaten up, and to run because mm -hmm. if I run, I will not only get beaten up later; they mm -hmm. will, well, I will make a fool of myself. Uh -huh. So I went out with them, and and I was standing in front of this guy for it felt like eternity, but minutes, with my hands behind my back, trying to show them that listen. I don't want to fight. 
I, I, I really don't want to fight with you. And he started to call me for things and try to embarrass me in front of his friends and everything. And I understand what he was trying to do mm. to upset me. But mm. I said, listen, I, I know what you're trying to do, mm. but I don't mm. want to fight. Mm. 12 years old. And mm. I think he's, he was one year older and bigger than me. So it ended up that he threw a punch against me. And then I don't know what happened, but something in my head clicked. Mm. It was like another person took over. And it took me, uh, it was like a flash in my head, but the thing ended up that I hurt him mm. really bad. Mm. I mm. made him almost blind in one eye and oh. punched out some of his teeth and everything. That night, in a way, I came to my father's apartment, uh, rang on the bell, and when he opened the door, he saw that I had blood everywhere in my hands and my clothes. Yeah. And he asked me, he said, have you been fighting? Mm. And I said, yes. And he looked at my hands. Well, did you get beaten up? I said, no. And he looked at me again. I said, good. Wash your hands and go to bed. <laughs> that was his reaction. Yeah, that was his reaction. Yeah. Um, so that that night I was lying in the, in the couch and, and thinking that I'm 12 years old. And I have hurt another child for life. Mm. And the only thing I hear is, good, go mm. to, wash up and go to bed. Mm. And I, something felt re inside of me. There was this voice saying to me, this is wrong. Mm. At the same time, I was thinking, wow, how fast I was, how I took control of this mm -hmm. body, this, mm -hmm. this boy. Mm -hmm. uh, so, so there was this a mix of emotions inside of me. Mm. Uh, but the yeah. voice in Mozart was this one, this is wrong. Yeah. It shouldn't be like this. So 12 years, 12 years old, I decided, no, I, I need to... I need to be careful with what I put in my head. I need to be careful with what I take in my body. I need to be careful with people I hang out with. I need to try to avoid to, to again be in a situation like mm. this because I don't know what will happen next yeah, time. Because you knew that you had it in you and it Some, was probably your father uh, yeah, it acting was, through you in a way. I, I, I mean, my sons asked me a few months ago, said, Dad, how many times have you been in a fight? Uh, and I said, well, I fight in the streets or whatever. No, but fight, fighting with another person mm -hmm. with punches and, and for mm -hmm. your life. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, maybe four or five hundred times. Oh. And then uh, one of them looked at me. Now we know why you have this reflex because you're so fast when things coming at you. Mm -hmm. uh, even because you're, you're almost 50 years old now. Mm -hmm. I said, yeah, but yeah, I probably before I was 20 years old, 400 fights maybe. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and somehow this, I was afraid of myself uh, because I, I wasn't able to, to, I didn't want to run away from a problem, mm. but I didn't want to, to fight with nobody, I didn't want to hurt people. But still you ended up having all these fights. I ended up, uh, one was girlfriends, I was popular. Mm. That was a bad thing. So often, uh, if I were at a disco or somewhere, there was always, uh, always gangs. It was mm. it was mm. seldom only one guy. It was three, four, or five. Mm. And people come and say, hey, Daniel, there's a gang waiting for you outside. Mm. I was 13 years, 14 years old. And I said, well, then I will go out and meet them. But you can't go alone. Yes, I need to go alone. And I need to take, I do this alone. Uh, because that's what was also in my head, that if mm. I, I can do this by myself, then... 
I'm making somehow a distance to them. I'm, I'm showing them that I'm not afraid of you. Mm, mm. And, and you don't know if I'm carrying a weapon, a knife or whatever, because mm. I'm standing by myself mm. in front of you 20 guys. Mm. So something. Um, but it was something that my father taught me. And, and it was because he, when he was angry at me, if he picked up something from the ground to, to hit me with, mm. he always said, hey, shit, head, come here. Mm. And I knew that, well, I'm going to get beat up now. Yeah. And this was about three, four, five years old. So I realized really early that the only way to meet a problem for me, it was to confront it, not to run away from it. And in that, Good News Magazine it was the same thing because the way I was thinking that, hey, let's look, let's take the problem, mm. but focus on the solution. So for me, beating up was, all right, take it now. Mm. Don't run away from it. See how it is. And tomorrow you will find, or in a week you will find, but don't run away. Because if you run away in a week, it won't be fine. In a month, it won't be fine. And your father, next time he's drunk and he remembers that you ran away, then you're going to get mm. twice. But were you living with your father at your father's place? Yeah, at that I was time? living at him, with him until I was 11 years old and then they divorced. And then by 12, I, I don't know really where I live. And when I was 17, my father had this uh, apartment and called me for lunch and said, Lisa, I would like to invite you to lunch one day. And I came to his apartment and I was sitting by the table at his, there and talking to him. It was our first really conversation I had with him in my life that I could remember. And in this conversation, he said to me, almost as a joke, mm. and he said, listen, you know, life will end one day. Mm. So I have decided to help, all uh, right, and help a man commit suicide. Mm -hmm. uh, so okay. I was 17 years old and I said to my father, hey, listen, you're a grown up person. You, you have to choose your own paths. Mm. And three, day three days later, he committed suicide. Uh, and I was somehow lost, but I always win. I have, I had this, I trying to with the positive thinking, trying to be kind, trying to be good. But every time I ended up in problems, whatever I did, I ended up in problems. Yeah. Uh, so in when I was saying, you, you mean you you had that mindset already when you were a teenager to to see things positively? Yeah, and, and, from twelve twelve years old, oh, yeah, the focus. Yeah. yeah. Uh, because and this this is a thing that um, one year ago um, a man asked me after a lecture I held, he said to me, hey, "Listen, Daniel, have you for forgiven your father?" I said, forgive, can explain the word to me. Mm. And he looked at me, all right, so I understand. Let me ask you differently. Are you angry with your father? And I started to laugh and I said, but how could I be angry with him? Mm. Yeah, because the things he did to you. Yeah, but that, will, that was the broken part of him yeah. that did those things. I cannot be angry at him. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then he looked at me and he said, listen, I have worked with humans for over 30 years mm. with people who have addictions, drugs, where people are abusive, uh, child abuse, uh, people that have raped children. I work with them all. I said, you're the first one in front of me that don't blame the person. Mm. That you do. I said, yes, but how could I? Because everyone has a story. My father had his story. Yeah. I know what went wrong. That's very wise because, I mean, as you say, everyone has their reasons for doing things. They're, they're, yeah. They yeah. don't understand. They don't understand what they're doing probably. No, and the problem is this. We judge the person. Mm. We should focus on 
the, what the person is doing wrong, mm -hmm. we can say, this is not right you do. You're doing it wrong. Mm -hmm. But we cannot blame the person. We have to try to understand what's behind yeah. this. Because yeah. most of us, like you said earlier, that there is so much good in the world. Well, there is so much good in all of us. Mm -hmm. Not in the world, in, in every one of us. But our focus, much thanks to the media, mm -hmm. is on the negative. Mm -hmm. So, so we don't look f deeper into ourselves and others. Mm. Uh, and I always try to see that there is something deeper. Mm. There is a reason my father did what he did. There mm. is a reason my mother, and she was worse than him, did the things she did. Uh, I cannot blame them, but I, the things they did, mm. I will not forgive. Mm. But I will not be angry at them. Mm. Uh, and in, somehow I found this freedom inside of me. Uh, I said to a friend the other day, freedom is nothing someone else gives you, something you, ha you no. give yourself. Yes, yes, something you have inside. Something. It's a state of mind, more or less. Yeah, it's a way of, of being and yeah, seeing the world. And I cannot go around and, and the, be angry. At yeah, because if you linger on those old uh, grudges and old uh, terrible things that happened, happened to you, old suffering, then you are, you are enslaved by yeah. your memories. Then you'll keep on suffering. You, then you're not living. No. I, I know you, were, you mentioned before here in, in this pre-interview uh, pre, uh, yeah, pre form that uh, you love to live in the moment and you think it's important to live in the moment. And uh, I, I, can, I totally agree. Yeah. I because don't see the, the past. That's where, that's where life is, is yeah. happening. It's now. I mean, we miss them. I, I have this, uh, my editor-in-chief, when I had a magazine, she, we were out. I said to her, listen, close your computer. Let's go out and have a cup of coffee and a biscuit or something. Yeah. Uh, so we went out to a beautiful place outside where we live. And we were sitting on the grass. And I, and I had this coffee and took a piece of the thing I had with me. And she started to laugh really high. Yeah, and and I looked at her and I think, well, what am I doing something wrong? Have yeah, I? Yeah, yeah. And she said, you know, and I said, well, what's wrong? It's you, Daniel. She said to me, and me, you know, Daniel, I don't know nobody in this world that appreciates so much, so little. Okay, that's nice. Uh, yeah, and nice. and I, I said, you took this this bite on and this thing you had, and and the, your whole face, your eyes. It was like you were in paradise. <laughs> and I said to her, well, you know, Anna, her name was Anna. I said, listen, Anna, I could be dead tomorrow. Mm. I'm not going to waste today. Mm. That's true. Think. More people, I mean, we, we don't wish to for anybody to have that kind of childhood and uh, child abuse that you experienced. But still, because of that, I think you can appreciate uh, the now moment more than many other people and, and appreciate to live here and now. And, and more people, I think, should live as if both as if they could die tomorrow and as if they had have eternal life. And I think both yeah. is true, actually. Or as it's a gift today. My, yeah. my son, I was um, talking to him, having ice cream one day. We wanted this coffee in Westeros and he was talking. He said to me, you know, that sometimes and don't get this wrong it's such a really trying to listen <laughs> to 11 years old then i said don't get me wrong about that but sometimes i think that things that happened to you that your father did for example really helped you mm. because you haven't gone to jail and you haven't done this and that and you haven't never used drugs for example so 
so we I think that it helped you mm-hmm. uh, and I said to him no you know it's not often I say to my children you're wrong but I said to him no you're, you're wrong was, you know what helped me it was not what they did to me that helped me it's the way I choose to see things yeah so 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 it's not them it's me yeah it's my choice it's your choice you're and for some reason you have that that uh, strength within you and where it comes from you can, we can have we can that's another podcast <laughs> no but where it comes from, one of the thing is and yeah. this is important to mention Gunnis magazine because i didn't have anything really and what i learned from the beginning was violence abuse in all kind of form so what helped me was to see there there is kindness in the world not not to talk about it the people say but you have to trust people they are good people i i i start to look at people how they behave mm. uh, if i was in a grocery store or at school or whatever that i saw people being kind to each other and for every example that i that i saw with someone being kind to another person especially a stranger it it was something that i took that experience and and put it on my suitcase whatever you call it because something in me said that is good mm. there is something right mm. they're laughing they're hugging each other mm. they're being kind to each other they're helping each other i need to learn that yeah so so gunis magazine was in a way the same thing trying to show other people that yes there are problems in the world and yes there are people that misbehave and yes there are politics that do me wrong and but don't get blind mm-hmm. because if that's all that you focus on mm-hmm. you will get blind mm-hmm. and what, in, what you focus on is what you will experience yeah you fo- and what you become what you become uh, so for me what's really important to i know there was a uh, I was throwing when I was 11 12 years I was throwing small pieces of rock to try to scare birds mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm an older older man he maybe was at my age then uh, he saw that and he said hey kid stop doing that and I got afraid of course but I was lucky enough that something in my head said he's right mm-hmm. I should stop doing this And, and that was the last time I tried to even hurt an animal. Mm, mm. Uh, yeah, I've done those things too. When I was when I was young, I was maybe six or seven or so, because the curious scientific mind that many small children have makes you sometimes uh, make uh, like little frogs suffer. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Step on them and you, 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 flies. You, you want to see what happens. Uh. And I, I remember one one time uh, when mm. I was doing this, and and one one frog. Uh, was was uh, smashed under my f- on my foot and and a stone that I had put on it huh. and I was doing this together with a friend and I I just I felt sh- I felt shame I remember that the feeling of this is wrong like you say yeah. this is wrong I can't do this something what wrong. am I doing so I never did that again but anyway talking about strangers I think you mentioned a stranger uh, meeting a stranger you did meet a stranger at the age of 24 and you had an aha moment you, yeah. you told me yeah. what what was that can you it changed your life it what changed happened? my life and it's still uh, not changing my life but helping me uh, ch- still changing my life i'm 23 24 years old i was home at, i was visiting my mother but she wasn't at home then so i was there with my girlfriend my sister only one of my sisters only three of us there it was a rainy day really really rainy day and i was sitting in the kitchen looking outside uh, I had this 
at that time really dark thoughts about why do I exist? Mm. Should I continue to exist? And I was, I, I, I'm a non-believer, I was a non-believer, but I was even, I was thinking in my head, if there is a God, please show me a sign. Put, mm. put the tree, the apple tree outside on fire, whatever, those kind of things. Uh, and I'm looking outside in the rain and hoping that something starts to burn or whatever. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I needed that sign to, to survive. Bush. And then the wrong bell, the, the doorbell. doorbell rang. Yeah. And I flew up and I went and opened it. You know, in the, those times when somebody rang on, you went to the door and see who it was. Yeah. <laughs> Not like today. <laughs> Have you invited something? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I went to the open door and there was this guy standing outside who almost looked like I did. Mm. The same hair and cl- it was in- incredible how similar we were. Mm. Uh, and he had under his arm ten small paints that he was selling. We okay, s- okay. spoke in- only English, so I invite. And it was raining, yeah. so I said, "Please come in." Yeah. Um, and I gave him a towel to uh, and asked him, "Do you, do you want a cup of tea or something?" Yeah. But at the same time especially in those times, I was extremely skeptical to people. Mm. I didn't trust nobody. And when I read things, I tried to learn a lot of things. I did it to be, how you say, to be on a, po- a positive side of everything. So yeah. if someone said, I'm a believer, I said, nah, why? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, okay. now nah, why? But why, 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 why? <laughs> yeah. And I didn't buy you anything. To question yeah, everything. I questioned everything yeah. totally. Mm. So, so there is this guy sitting in a living room, uh, and the first thing he says to me is, "I ask him, who are you?" In English, he, says, he only spoke English. He said, "Well, I I live with my brothers and sisters. We are a community. We we try to care about the world." And as soon as he said that, something in me kicked, started to okay. to to think that all right, I need to see how real this guy is. Yeah. So I started to ask a really difficult questions and really private questions yeah. to him but the thing is I one of the questions was uh, are you for or against violence mm. Mm. and I remember the answer said I'm for self-defense he said to me mm. I, I think it's wrong with violence but I think it's in every creature's right to be able to defend his life mm. or the ones he's supposed to protect mm. The thing with this guy was, it was his eyes. The more he spoke, the more I saw, I started to think that I'm sitting in front the most beautiful person I have ever met in my life. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and so he, his eyes were like shining? Or, shining. You know? I, the only thing I, one, uh, I told this for a friend a long time ago, and I said, but I explained their eyes and, and I said, have you, do you see Pavarotti standing on the singing <laughs> yeah. song? Yeah. And his eyes were almost shining. Yeah. And was, yeah. It was something like that. And the more he, he spoke to me, the more he told me things, the more I understood that I, I didn't have any defense. Mm. And, and in the end, I was just listening to him. Uh, so anyway, I bought all the paint that they had, <laughs> 10 paint, <laughs> yeah. perfect seller. And he gave me his phone number. It was on, I was living in Westeros. The, the phone number was to a place in Stockholm. I kept this number for two, three weeks. And in the end, I realized, no, I want to speak to him again. Mm. 
And I called this number, but there was this classic. Do, do, do. It means okay, that nobody, okay. the no. number didn't exist. Uh, I had the paintings and I asked my girlfriend, my sister, hey, listen, this guy, you really met him, right? He was there. Mm. And they yeah, yeah, yeah. And he was beautiful, right? Yeah, yeah he was beautiful, but... Kind of. Kind of, yeah. He's, he's, and I started thinking, hmm, I want to, I want to, I want to be like him. Mm. Uh, but that was the sign that you were asking for that yeah, day. That the, was the sign. Yeah, there was it, the it, sign. It never comes in the form that you expect. No, 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 no. But but afterwards, you can realize that oh, maybe that was that was the sign. Yeah. And the thing is that from stories. from that day to today, mm. every person I meet that says to me, "I believe I am this and that," I like to see in their eyes mm. that you're telling the truth. Mm. This is you. Yes, yeah. No, you're lying. This yeah. is not you. I have met priests, uh, different kind of religious people. And there's something about how they speak and how they act and react to things uh, that I compare to him. Mm. And, and so for me, it's always been, he, he gave me this, Daniel, Try to be you. Yeah. Try to be you. That's uh, whatever, and, and try to be kind. And realize that kindness, uh, if we say, I want to be kind, people say, oh, but being kind is naive. No, being kind is also having to, to say to people, step back. Mm. So <laughs> there you have it. Yeah, beautiful story. And I can understand why it changed your life. You say that it changed your life because it's... it's uh, Seems like kind of a sign or something that 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 was meant to arrive in your life at that that second second that moment yeah. moment. So it in wasn't time. a tree that started to burn. No, <laughs> no but it would have been good. <laughs> been good with the burning bush. No, but the, but the thing is this: I didn't. If they, w- I say, God, if you exist, please mm. give me a sign. Yeah, yeah. But what the sign I got was that in us, in humanity, there is so much kindness. Yeah. And, and I need to focus more mm. on that. And it was the message that you were supposed to receive, and so you can because you had it in you. Yeah, you, you I had all, it in you, me, you, you but all, I was already, losing it. You was you were losing it, okay. But then you, after that, you have always um, uh, cultivated this this notion that that kindness and love is the only thing that makes the world tick. No, it's the only thing that makes you feel better in the end. Because I I think especially I'm like I wrote you that foremost uh, publisher or whatever I do, a coach, I'm a father. That, yeah. That's the more, yeah. most important thing. And for me, being a father is not telling my kids how to behave and not behave. Mm-hmm. It's showing them. Yes, yes. And, and, and the best way is not how I behave only with others. How do I behave with them? Yeah. How do I listen to them? How do I express myself to them? How do I, things they say to me or do, do I get upset how do i react to do i do it with love mm. or with the broken pieces of me mm. uh, how, how do you define love if you have a definition because of love can ooh. be it's different things for different people maybe yeah i, I think nobody really knows no. what love is but this is in your world what do you most work with when you i will say love? that for me love is in one word kindness mm. uh, Kindness in in every in all the possible way that you can be kindness, even um, if you have to say goodbye to somebody, 
because you two don't get along together. There is kindness in that. Mm. Uh, if you have to say to your child, stop doing that because that will have consequence. There is a line you cannot pass and this is the line. That's being kindness. Uh, so for me, love is to try to be this creature in this world that in every in every possible decision you take, in every mm -hmm. step you take, you don't forget that I'm trying to do my best to be kind mm. and, and to live sincerely. Um, and then there's this big love that some call the unconditional love, you know, that people who have had near-death experiences and things like that, they talk about this complete love that we cannot even understand here on Earth. No. And, and of course, it's difficult for us who haven't been close to death. To, but I, I was thinking of when you sat down with your colleague there and you, you, you took a cup of coffee mm. and uh, you took a bite of that cake mm -hmm. and you just felt the moment you felt that was kind of kind of love also, love for life, yeah. so to speak. It you were just love. loving the moment, yeah. and that's also love. Yeah, of course it is love. Mm. We, the, the problem with the word love is that we nobody really knows. So we try to explain something that is a little bit abstract. Yeah. In, in the, we use different words. Yeah. Uh, so, and, and some people confuse a relationship, for example, mm. uh, or being affected by somebody. Mm. But the. the a good feeling. <laughs> it's, it's it's a difficult world because word because it should have more layers to it. Yeah, you should be able to define exactly what kind of love are you talking about now. Because and, and, and we don't we don't we we it's like the same thing about being good or being kind mm. or, or love. We have misinterpreted. Mis interpreted. Yes, somehow the words. If yeah. you say. I want to be kind. Yeah. People say, "Oh, then you're naive." Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. said, "No. Why? No, How not... can kindness be something wrong? Mm. Kindness is all what mm. you don't understand." I said to some people, "Is what's in kindness? Yeah. Because drawing a line, for example, and yeah. say to people, you cannot go further, can be kindness. Is yeah. saying to people, this is who I am. Mm. Uh, this is why I can take and not take." So if we're going to work together or collaborate or live, live together, then you have to know who mm. I am. Uh, and it, it's an act of caring anyway. If you, if you set because up, there is... set up a red line, then you, you care for that person because you know that they yeah. can go beyond it. Something but it's an interesting word. It's an interesting word. So we, we have been talking for a long time, <laughs> but I just have to, to also... Uh, uh, get into the the writing that you're doing you we're talking about love here and you also write books now yeah. I think, since <laughs> 2000 <love. laughs> yeah, are, yeah. They, are they about love or yeah they're, they're about that yes, three books uh, now or three books uh, yeah. and yeah and, and two, uh, five two books are about so what poems. kind of love is that then uh, unconditional love like okay said. <laughs> okay okay so no the, yeah. the, the the thing is when, when i created good news magazine uh, after a few years i realized that i was talking allowed to the brain mm. showing statistics uh, stories and and present to the world and uh, the energy the environment mm. animal human rights but i realized that now nah, i need to go i want to go deeper mm. so in 2013 i think it was i started to create this i had a meeting with a person uh, in malmo sweden uh, who somehow had the same story that i had but she was a woman And in talking to her and, and the emotions between us, I, I, I started to think that I should write a story 
uh, fairy tale or something where I put my values in the characters of the book and uh, where I put how I see life, mm. how I see love, how I think we should act as individuals in society, but make it a love story. Okay. Uh, so I wrote uh, the, my first novel was The One. And I thought that nobody will buy this book. I, in the beginning, I didn't even want to print it. I said, no, I, I'm doing this for myself. Yeah. I need to do this. And then my, my sons and my wife say, well, you have to print three because we want a couple each. And then I started thinking, no, go write three. And then one of the sons said, hey, listen, dad, you, you have to do some more print on this. Okay. So I did the 800 copies yeah. and I thought for myself. You, bought, you, you paid for that by yeah, yourself? Yeah, by mm-hmm. everything by myself. Yeah, yeah. Everything by myself. Okay. Uh, so I, I started thinking, all right, 800, but nobody will buy this. Who wants to buy a book for me? I don't even know how to write. <laughs> there was the idea. It took me less than three months uh, to sell. So I sold out this book and I realized, all right, I need 4,000 copies. I sold them out to, I need 3,000 more. Uh, and that was the story. I think I saw around. But there was no official publishing house. No, that, no, that no, no. To, I don't know. You, di- you didn't even send the script to them? No, or? nobody. Okay, you d- I, did this by yourself. I don't know how to do those things. <laughs> <laughs> no, but really, I don't know I how to. I think that's do. impressive. Yeah, I, I really I don't. Have, uh, yeah, I've published one book by myself like that, self-publishing, but... Uh, yeah. The two others that I've written. Yeah, but I, there is this, you know, this uh, Garfield, the, the yeah. cat, mm. and his friend, the dog. Mm. There, there is a quote I What's love. What's the name of the dog? Odi, o, in Swedish, Odi. Odi, yeah, yeah. I don't know Odi in English. Same in English, Odi. But the thing is, Odi, he's sitting on, on the, up in a tree, uh, and uh, Garfield is standing behind him. And this dog isn't supposed to be up on the tree. No. So Garfield says, it's amazing what one can do when he doesn't know what he's doing. <laughs> and that is me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is with the magazine, with my books. I have no clue. I, I, I met a, a person a few weeks ago that wants to help me. And he said to me, have, have you thought about this? And you can be there and you can put your book in those stores mm-hmm. and you can send them to those journalists and everything. Yeah. I said, can you do that for me please <laughs> for me how much does yeah, it, yeah. doesn't it cost yeah. half a million crowns to i do? think maybe you that's the the secret you have you have um uh you you're a person who can who can um, explain why th- these things work because the secret is not to expect anything yeah. have no expectation of the outcome that's i think that's the secret of but it, but it don't how to work. achieve things yeah. but i mean it's tricky because you want to achieve things, you want to do things, but you, you can't focus too much on the outcome and the, the honor and all those things because then you, you're going to put up uh, obstacles for yourself, I think, in your pro- mind. Yeah, but the problem is this. What's, what's is, for example, making it work? If, I, if people ask me, oh, but you were successful with the magazine. We had around 200,000 readers, more than 10,000 paying subscribers. And I said, no, I was never successful with the magazine. In, in when it comes to the business mm. in it, mm-hmm. uh, with my books, it's the same thing. But there is the, this other side of everything, uh, and is how do you affect people? Yeah, uh, I had a child, eleven years old. They came to me. I was do, doing a lecture at school, um, and one of the teachers, I think it was, or the principal at school. Uh, came to me after my lecture and said, listen, Daniel, we need to talk. So we went into her room and she said, there is this child who wants to talk to you. 
All right. So, so I was sitting there and somebody knocked on the door and she said, oh, come in. And there was this child, 11 years old boy. The first step he, he took into our room, I could see in all his face energy, whatever you want to call it, what was going on in his life because I saw myself as a child. Okay. So he sat in a chair beside me and he said, and the principal said, you wanted to talk to Daniel about something? And he said, yes, but, but it's, 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 it's so difficult. It's so difficult. I don't know. I don't know how, how to talk. He mm. almost thought to cry. Mm. And I said to him, I, I, in me, my voice was yelling out, you know what this is about, Daniel. You know what this is mm. about. Mm. So he almost started to cry. And I said to him, listen, I, can I help you? What I can do, if I, if I ask you questions, you just say yes or no. And I was going to give him my first question when he started to cry, and then he yelled right out, and he said, I have the last three months trying to find a way to, su take, to com commit Miss suicide, suicide. Mm. but I'm so afraid that my parents would be angry with me. Hmm. 11 oh, years that's old. that's really sad. Yes. The problem with this is, when I ask him, why? Because the principal left the room and said, talk to Daniel. And I said to him, why? And he helped me to understand why. Mm. And he said this, it's because I don't think that you grown-ups care about the world. Oh. And why he feels and thinks like this is because everything that he's been, the people, the grown-up gives him is mm. the bad thing. Yeah. There is no hope. Yeah. There is no future. Yeah. So this 11-year-old boy that has his whole future in front of him mm. wants to commit suicide because the grown-ups in society mm. are saying to him, the world is so bad. Mm. It's, a, it's a crime that we do these things to It is kids. a crime. It, it is a crime. And then we, and then we complain. Yeah. About the, the yeah, problems, <laughs> about the problems, yeah. and, and about the, the the young generation who are so uh, you know. But we don't see so depressed, and yeah. Uh, no, so so for me, I I'm like that little dog. I don't I don't know what I'm doing, <laughs> <laughs> but you're but, doing it. Yeah, but I do it because That's the main. Uh, but the, it, there yeah. is a good thing in that too, because if ever if somebody said to me, "Oh, you failed," I said, "Yeah, but I at least I try." Exactly. That's, That's the spirit. Daniel Mendoza. Yes. Thank Monsieur you. Anders. Thank you for spreading the good vibes. I tried to. Thank you. And good <laughs> Thank luck. you for having me. This was maybe we'll do this again someday. Absolutely. <laughs> In France. Thank you. Thank you very much.